Welcome, everybody, to today's very special episode of the I Went Outside Today podcast. I am one of your three hosts, Chris. I'm Cheryl. I'm Sydney. I did the thing. And Sydney did do the thing. Or did she? I did. Or is it misinformation? Oh, whatever. That was dumb. (laughs) For today's episode, we had Sydney take part in a lecture on misinformation hosted by our local Edmonton Public Library. They bring in smart people to talk about topics. And for this topic, they had Timothy Caulfield hosting Infodemic. The battle continues. The description of the event, the spread of conspiracy theories and harmful misinformation is a defining characteristic of the COVID-19 pandemic. It has led to deaths, decreased vaccine acceptance, financial loss, increased stigma, health policy challenges, and added to the chaotic information environment. We must counter this infodemic, in quotation marks, especially on social media with evidence-based communication strategies. And I believe that was all on... Zoom. Oh yeah, it was another presentation. It so was on the Zoom. You got to hang out at home, your favorite place in the whole wide world. It is my favorite place. It's where my things are. Did you have your camera on for this event? No, it wasn't an option. It was like a... He talks at you, not to you. Okay, Timothy doesn't want to see your face. No, it wasn't. Like, they automatically turn off everyone's camera and microphone. So you can't yell things during the lecture. I still put tape over my camera anyway. Well done. Yeah. You're going to have to pay for OnlyFans if you want to see your own camera. Well, I was looking into doing feet pictures again, but I don't want to talk to people. Again? I mean, for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) For the first time. Never looked into it before. So misinformation. So misinformation. I was talking to, to Cheryl about what you might get presented to you. And if everything he told you in that lecture was a lie, it'd still be a lecture on misinformation. (laughs) That would be funny. That wasn't it, though. It was just, like, common sense stuff, and then he dunked on Gwyneth Paltrow, like, a lot. That's fair. Yeah. It was, like, 30% fuck Gwyneth Paltrow, 70% the other problems of misinformation. Oh, so he made Gwyneth Paltrow his target. Mm Mm-hmm. I would have thought, because it's like very popular in the news currently as time of airing this podcast, that Joe Rogan is the hugest source of misinformation on COVID. He did talk a little bit about Joe Rogan, but he really doesn't like Gwyneth Paltrow. And my favorite slide in the whole series is just a picture of Gwyneth Paltrow, and then it has a big arrow pointing to her, and it just says no. (laughs) (laughs) It's my favorite. I think it's the best. I think that might be too vague for people to understand. It's just a giant no. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, there, I took a picture so you can put it on the website. Mm-hmm. You got to send it to us. You take these pictures and then you never send them to us. Do you ask for them? I asked you like nine times for the spooky doll photo. And I it have, took you a week and a half to send it to us. I have ADHD. It's not my <laughs> fault. I'll send it to you right now. I think you just have responsibility deficit disorder. That's rude. <laughs> Somebody wants to fight today. Yeah. Pull out your dukes. Isn't that what siblings are for? I send it to you, and I'm sending you this picture of white raccoons as well. Okay. We will treasure those. 
So you and I are ready to fight just as much as Timothy is ready to fight Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. I was. I want to look up the. There's a, the condition of albinoism, but there's another one that starts with L and it's not albino, and I can't remember the word. And I want to look it up, but you're looking at me like to get off my phone. <laughs> so, I take it part of the presentation was about albinism. No, but I just can't remember the word. It's just because albinos is like very specifically you have to have the no pigment at all and you have red eyes. Mm -hmm. That's albinoism. Yes. There's other animals that just have loss of pigment, but it's called something else. Starts with an L? Yeah. Loss of pigment. No. (laughs) White animal starts with L. This is just a list of animals. Let's start with the letter L. Llamas are white. White animal condition starts with L. Lucyism. It's called Lucyism. Okay. Named after Lucifer. So misinformation. (laughs) The majority of unvaccinated Americans believe microchips are in vaccines. That's what I learned. Well, it makes sense. There is a microchip shortage as soon as the vaccine started rolling out. No, it's from cars, though. <laughs> is the vac- is the chip shortage? That's where the chips are going. I thought you were going to say the vaccine. <laughs> I almost said the vaccine. <laughs> They're all in the vaccine. That's why it hurts so much. It burns, like, really bad. Oh, my God, my third one burned so bad. And the flu shot burned really bad. So did they go into the origins of, like, this misinformation on the microchips being inside the COVID vaccine? I don't think they did actually find, like, the origin of the the rumor. More just that, like, most misinformation, like, 80% of misinformation starts on social media. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think they didn't see, like, how that became... I mean, it does make sense in the COVID age where a lot of people weren't allowed to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. If you were going to learn a rumor, it was going to be on the internet. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I think, though, too, though, it's because the 5G maps, they look the same as the COVID spreading maps because they're based on population. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, like, people were like, they're rolling out 5G and the maps look like the COVID maps. This is so suspicious. I think that's how a lot of that started. Mm-hmm. Did he give any tips on how to, like, talk to people who have this misinformation into convincing them not to believe it? Yeah, but I didn't agree with him. Oh. Because <laughs> I do, like, a lot of Facebook fights and stuff, and people are just fucking dumb. And if they want to be misinformed, they're going to be misinformed. And you can't talk people out of believing stupid shit. His whole thing is that engagement is key, and presenting the real information is key and empathizing with people's fears is like key but like no if you're dumb you're dumb i don't have to engage with you if i don't want to that's how i feel about it but aren't you engaging by taking part in the internet fights on facebook no i'm not allowed to do facebook fights no more uh and i went to facebook jail twice and i really can't do fights because if i get reported again i'll get in trouble Keep an eye out for a sudden brand new Lindsay Grubay account <laughs> popping up in the place of Sydney. <laughs> I'm not allowed to do no more fights. So you don't think the misinformed people deserve any sympathy at all? <laughs> I, do, I just don't think I have to be the person to give them the sympathy. So you're saying they don't deserve your sympathy? They don't deserve my sympathy. Okay. 
Well, I don't know. Is that you think that we should have sympathy for misinformed people? Like, every, where we live, like, everyone has the same internet that I have. So, fix your algorithm. Stop Googling crazy shit and going down crazy rabbit holes. That's true. Or at least always research into, like, counter the new information you're learning. Now, then this goes the flip side of things. Because, like, I'm the type of person who likes to know both sides of an argument. So, I am more likely to sympathize with somebody who has misinformation. When I, as a person who typically Googles the correct information from the correct sources, then go try Google something, it's giving me only the stuff I want to see. So if I want to see the other side of this coin, I need to Google pretty hard to see the other argument. Or you could just use DuckDuckGo or VPN or Incognito. Mm -hmm. Like, the... I don't like I see what you're saying that yeah like oh, all of your algorithms are showing you stuff that you're more likely yes. to see and click on that's like my friend doesn't even listen to podcasts but she gets all these clips of these like weird incels like the only podcast she listened to is just like a bunch of incels that like hate women and say the most awful shit about women hmm. and they make her so mad and then she shares them to me and then she gets more of them and they make her so mad and she shares them to me so we can talk about how disgusting it is. like, stop fucking clicking on them. Yes. And stop sharing yes. them. That's why all you think podcasts are <laughs> fucking insults hating on women. Yeah. Like, it's... You can't click on anything anymore. Nothing is safe. Like, when your IT administrator told you in 1993 not to click on suspicious links in your email, everything is a suspicious link now. Don't click on anything. Everything is suspicious in general, like, yeah. But it really is social media. That was the main thing I took away. Eighty, It's like 80% yeah. of all misinformation. And then the next, like, 20% is, like, your friends and family. So that's the other thing. So did they go into, like, each social media? Like, I know no. they say Facebook is, like, the sort of, like, the biggest mm-hmm. faucet for this it just says- onslaught of social media is all like one and that was 80 percent and then family and friends and then online entertainment media celebrities cable news local news new network news because you can actually have like a ton of information or stories that just like get away from you in the mainstream news it's true mom bought clothes at crazy bins and then (laughs) (laughs) she's covering my picture okay uh local news network news radio Mobile messaging apps and print news. And print news is, it looks like 17% misinformation. So from 80% on social media to 17% of print news is wrong. I can understand that because they have like a whole day to put together a newspaper. But online, a lot of these stories are just getting printed right at once. Sometimes also written by an algorithm, not even a real human. So did they talk in about the difference between misinformation and disinformation? No. Whereas, like, misinformation is just basically people talking out of their ass. Rumors with no real information to back it up. Whereas mis- misinformation is deliberate. No. No? Hmm. Okay. Where did you hear that? Sorry. So misinformation is just garbage that you just make up? And, so, so what, like, and what's a disinformation? Misinformation is something that everyone says is true, and they kind of keep putting it forward. Like how when they say... Like medical misinformation would be that we only use, what, 10% of our brains, which we use our whole brain all the time. Or that blood turns blue and it has no oxygen in it. It's just, you know, things that get passed on, everyone thinks it's true Mm because everyone's saying it. Misinformation would be 
like those Q, what those QAnon people believe were celebrities and politicians are drinking baby blood to become oh, young like again. Oh, like Pizzagate. Yep. Like Pizzagate, yeah. Is misinformation. Conspiracy theories are misinformation. Yeah. Disinformation is just like. Well, it depends on the conspiracy theory. Sometimes it turns out to be true. Well, like what? MK Ultra. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what that is. Oh. Uh, mind control experiments from the states. Mm. Yeah. Did they work? They created the Unabomber, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. He I, was part oh, of their I study. He was part of that. They gave a I whole lot of people acid without telling them what it was. Yeah. Oh, I have heard that. Yeah. Yeah, I heard about that before. And so that was like only a theory based on what people were saying, the program that they're in. But then it turned out to be true. Yep. But the chip shortage isn't from microchips in the vaccine. I mean, we'll find that out later. We just need to uh, get one of those RFID readers and like rub it over the area where we all got our mm-hmm. our vaccinations. Mm-hmm. To what end, though? I think that people don't like when I talk to that fucking creationist museum guy, it's like all of his... Okay, let's put microchips in everything, but like to what end? Mm. Like if you put microchips in computers and sell them to people, you're going to make trillions of dollars. If you put them in people, you're just going to like what? Be watching a bunch of microchips like on a screen running around like hamsters? Like what's the, how do you make trillions of dollars off that? I mean, I guess like real useful applications would that be would be like population motion tracking like seeing where everybody goes like if you wanted to do that with your phone if you yeah some people like let their battery run out or don't carry their phone with them those people are ridiculous or criminals (laughs) but if you have like a microchip under your skin and they just have like scanners everywhere and you walk by and it passes and let's say you have like a deadly pandemic disease they'll know exactly where you went and all the other people you're in contact with so that could be useful. I don't think that anyone lets their phone die in this day and age of wireless charging and portable chargers. Sometimes people leave them at home. If they're doing crimes. I don't do crimes and my phone occasionally dies or I forget it. It's true. During your crimes that you do because that's <laughs> the only reason to let your phone die. But if you are going to do crimes, for real, don't take your phone. You'll get caught. Take a friend's phone. Well, that's me. <laughs> and your friend will get caught for doing your crimes. Next. So, yeah, that is the dif- difference between misinformation and disinformation. I think mis- uh, disinformation is... It's more like trolls on the internet. Like, it's stuff that people are just making up to... I thought the QAnon guy was, like, didn't think that it would get taken seriously. Yeah. It wasn't, like, malicious, but it was, like, spun out of control or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Cheryl and I are watching the documentary that HBO made about QAnon on uh, TV. Oh, I didn't see that. What's that called? I think it's uh, Q into the rabbit hole. Yeah, something like that. I want to watch that. It's good. It is. You need to take a break between episodes Mm -hmm. because the people there are very odd. But they do kind of go into the whole creation and how, like, they think it started out like a, uh, they call it a LARP, where people are basically pretending to be high up government officials on the internet and everyone just sort of plays along. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of followed the same thing as the, uh, how Flat Earth kind of spun out from people online trying to sound smart about the world possibly being flat. Yeah. But they're just, you know, that was a LARP. People were just making it up and other people were reading it and thought it was all true. 
Is this like um like when people just pile on like when you see those memes that are like type type your password in and Facebook will automatically censor it out because it's your password and then you go in the comments and it's just all a bunch of stars but like it's not actually being censored like people are fucking with you they're yes. just all typing stars to be assholes and then every once in a while you just see like qwerty like some of their real password yeah, yeah pretty much oh that's I don't know maybe we shouldn't let people do that anymore yeah. maybe we should just censor everybody all the time <laughs> I don't think yeah you go move in with Russia <laughs> Yeah, they got no Facebook, no Twitter now. What else did you learn in your course on misinformation, Sydney? That's just more social media stuff. Yeah, so three quarters of like respondents to the survey said that their patients got their COVID nineteen misinformation from social media. So that was just more of the same, but how like basically social media is the perpetrator. That's like the number one thing that I learned. So when you're saying patients were these surveys handed out at like the hospital like people who were sick with covid yeah that was like healthcare providers oh, and like interesting those kind of people so they like asked them like where do the patients that are coming in like get the misinformation from i think that's why when i got my covid shot the nurse who administered it very um condescendingly explain to me how vaccines work and they're not giving me the virus i'm like yeah i know and they're like and it's not going to make you sick it's not giving you covid i'm like yeah i know that's very rude when i got my first covid shot the pharmacist goes i mean i don't really need to ask this but i'm just curious for myself why do you have the rabies series because like it's not very common Mm -hmm. series they can see all your injections and it's like because I went to volunteer with bats and I needed a tub rabies series for that. And then he basically said that it was a shame that I didn't get exposed to rabies because it would have been useful for science because the new um, vaccines that they created for COVID were like mRNA vaccines or something. And it would have been handy if I, who had an mRNA vaccine, also got rabies. <laughs> I think that's how a zombie plague starts. So I was like, cool. I'll try and get rabies next time. Sorry for not getting rabies. So I think sometimes scientists forget about the people in the whole equation. Oh, yeah. They love the science. Yeah, you just told me to go fucking get rabies. (laughs) Rabies is dangerous. You can still, um, you still have to get more shots after... Plus, it's hard to get a bat to bite you on purpose. Yeah, it's not that hard. Yeah. Pretty easy. Oh, you already got the rabies, didn't you? No, I was wearing gloves, and it wasn't a rabid bat. Um, bats have to be infected. It has to travel through their entire body up to their brain, at which point the rabies virus can go into the saliva gland, and that's when you're at risk for contracting rabies. Mm-hmm. That's a long trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you actually have a very low... Chance of getting it. But it's if you get it and you don't have any... Um, treatment you'll die yeah so that's the that's why you get the rabies vaccine don't just get rabies and wait it out yeah and you have to get the rabies series and then if you have exposure it's called pre-exposure so if you you get a pre-exposure series which is three shots and then if you get bit by a rabid animal then you go get post-exposure mm. so it's a whole that's another thing about people complaining that it doesn't you know the covid stuff doesn't work and you can still get covid and you know, it's not supposed to stop everybody from getting it. It's about mitigating your risk. 
which I think people just don't understand, which is also why I don't want to engage with people or talk to them. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I make these decisions a lot more than the average person. I have a lot of series and like, it's about mitigating your risk, not about never, ever, ever getting anything. Mm-hmm. I think rabies is such a good example because I remember being like, what the fuck? Like, I got to get this whole series cost $700 in Canada and then I got to go get more if I get exposed. Well, the microchips weren't as good back then. They had to give you extra. Well, you want to talk about a conspiracy? I was like, that's a fucking conspiracy. But then it's like, no, it stops you from fucking dying. Yep. Like you're mitigating the. Anyway, it's my whole side tangent about rabies and how a pharmacist told me he he wished that I got rabies Mm -hmm. for science. So then I got shot up by a different guy the next time and he did not wish that I got rabies. And I was like, this is better. And then he posted the guy, Timothy Caulfield. I'm looking through my slides because I job. didn't remember everything. Mm-hmm. Um, he talked about they're like trying to basically get the right to look at the Facebook algorithm because it's such a big problem. The like the whole rabbit hole effect. Did we talk mm-hmm. about that on the air or was it off there? We haven't talked about rabbits yet. About how, like, so you, uh, yeah, we did, because Cheryl was saying, like, you Google one thing, it shows you more and more if you want to mm. see. So they're trying to get rights to, like, look at that. I mean, it's worthwhile. I, and I think it's only, like, one side of the problem. I feel like they're only attacking it from one side, which frustrates me mm-hmm. a little bit. Because mm-hmm. it's Facebook's fault isn't really good enough. Cause it is Facebook's fault. On, like, the other hand, people should be taught to verify the information that they're consuming i mean we're lucky enough to live in a country where information is free you should search out as much as you can on a topic before you don't before you like start spreading misinformation i think so too but you need to have a little bit of tech savviness like cheryl's saying you could google stuff on the front page and it's also more geared towards yeah. What you want to see. We found this out in Goldheim where we had been searching so much stuff like that was related to one thing that when we found the answer to like one of the clues, I went in incognito and I Googled it and the result came up, but it didn't come up for any of us because of what we were all searching. Yeah. yeah. So. But I mean, like people know what the news sources are. There's left-leaning media, right-leaning media. Like I know if I look for news in Google, it's never, ever going to give me Fox News. Yeah, me too. But I know enough to search for it specifically. Mm-hmm. And I think they should teach people where to like find the information that conflicts with yours. Because they taught us this in social studies in high school, how to spot propaganda, how to research a topic and find like, opposing views. It, The rabbit hole is one thing, but I think they need to teach people not to be rabbits you just got to get educated. But some you... people are dumb. I think you're you're asking a lot of people. So I think what we're missing out of the whole discussion that you guys are having is the psychological aspect of it in the sense that a lot of people want to hear the misinformation because it gives them some sort of feeling of control in a situation where things feel out of control. We, like, I've seen it on both sides, because, again, I have friends who are anti-vax, and I have friends who are pro-vax, and it kind of turns into this thing where, like, both sides want to feel like they're in control of the situation, and they're just going about it in different ways. But the misinformation, a lot of the stuff that you saw out there, like, 
for instance, like injecting bleach into your, you know, veins to deal with COVID, it gives people some sense of like, oh, I have control of the situation. It's less scary now. I can buy bleach. Yeah, exactly. Like, I have that at home. I can do this right now. Yes, critical thinking and and researching that stuff should be taught, but we also need to keep in mind that COVID was a crazy situation. And people were reacting the best way that they could to, like, the situation that was presented to them. And it may not have been what everyone considered the correct way, but for that person themselves, it was the correct thing. I think also, though, too, to, like, sort of add on that, but, like, we're seeing there's lot there's um a lot of i think this was a psychologist on tiktok that i was watching Mm -hmm. he laid out a very strong case for basically like um people that are egotistical and have narcissistic tendencies they're more likely to fall for conspiracy theories and we're also seeing rising levels of narcissism in the general population Mm -hmm. and so there's more people that have these tendencies that make them more What's the word I'm looking for? Like vulnerable to conspiracy theories because to believe a lot of conspiracy theories, you have to be egotistical and you have to believe that you are special enough to have this information or smarter than the rest of the population, Mm -hmm. basically, like to know the truth. Yeah. So that's also a whole problem. Yeah. They need to teach humility. Yeah, basically bring back Catholic school. That'll make you feel bad about yourself. I suppose so. I'm just ashamed all the time. Do you think Catholic school that we went through or old school where nuns would like beat kids who spoke out of line? I think either or. I feel pretty <laughs> bad about myself and ashamed all the time. And I went through non-getting beaten Catholic school. <laughs> but we could have a survey. We'll do some A-B yeah. testing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think you're right, Cheryl. Some people that need to feel like you have control over the situation probably affects your ability to absorb that information yeah did you guys hear all the um so like in russia they're stockpiling sugar and flour and then someone commented to me like oh it's smarter than toilet paper like here we just bought toilet paper first i mean they're also stockpiling mcdonald's so yeah that's great i don't think that mcdonald's would taste good at the if you're gonna i would just ask for a package of buns do you know what i mean I would ask for the raw ingredients and pay for them. Mm. That's going to make you a way better burger in six months Mm -hmm. than if you have a fully assembled Big Mac. Sorry, we should have released that before Russia shut down because now they will just be sitting there with fully formed Big Macs. Sorry. I don't think we've got any listeners in Russia. Not anymore. (laughs) Nobody's got listeners in Russia anymore. I don't know. Like We're on like a whole bunch of different streaming platforms. We might have one of those still in russia Mm. and then they had this fun chart i wanted to talk about called most prevalent misinformation topics in the covid infodemic less than one percent of our listeners is in russia rude so we lost a less than one percent goodbye russia um so the number one most prevalent misinformation topic with 200,000, I'm not good at saying big numbers, 295,351 instances is miracle cures was like the number one mm-hmm. by a lot. Mm-hmm. I took a picture so you could put it on the website. Then the next one like, with about 50,000 is new world order or deep state misinformations. This is like related to COVID. So, like, deep state involving 
specifically COVID oh, infodemic. that it was a hashtag plandemic. Yeah, exactly. That mm. kind of thing. Um, and then the next one is Wuhan lab bioweapon, which my friend believes in, which is about 30,000. And then the next one, I love, like, it just says Bill Gates. <laughs> it doesn't say... It just says Bill Gates. I'm just imagining Bill Gates appearing in markets across the globe, mm-hmm. coughing on people, mm-hmm. and then hopping on a jet and doing it in other countries. Mm-hmm. And that's how the pandemic started. Yeah. And that was also about 30,000. And then 5G technology is about 23,000, which surprised me. I thought it would be higher because I feel like I'm fucking always hearing about 5G. Just shut the fuck up about 5G. I think because that when that came out, it was so ridiculous that it became like the thing to make fun of yeah. um, poster child conspiracy yes. theorists yeah, for it might not be something that most people believe in but if you're believing in conspiracy theories people are like oh you're one of those 5g people yeah and then shockingly high is um anti-semitic conspiracies came in at around seventeen thousand four hundred. Really? pretty high that's crazy to me yeah like, lots of people can cons- like they're saying like Jewish people had something to do with anything the that has like basically like basically like an anti-Semitic sort of sentiment to, yeah, basically like Jewish people invented it or this or that or the Jews are behind it. Hmm. That was like pretty high. Weird. <laughs> like seventeen thousand just seems like a lot. Yeah. Um, and then. I mean, I could believe someone invented COVID in a lab. I mean, killer bees were made in a lab and they escaped. Yeah, but I mean. There is lots of um there's scientists all like like your guy who's giving you the vaccine who thought you should get rabies. There's yeah. people out there working on ideas. Seriously. Okay, but I don't know. If you just think about it, so like the first things that we ever heard about this virus was that it came from Wuhan in China. Yep. And so the Wuhan conspiracies are sitting at 30,000. Um like 30,000 separate conspiracies? Like instances. I guess so. So this is most prevalent misinformation topics in the COVID epidemic. And then it says traditional media volume. So it's, I think they could be like overlapping theories. It's kind of like instances. Oh. Do you know, does that make sense? Kind of like how that you have like an urban legend that just varies a little bit by region. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I mean, for Wuhan to be at like almost 30,000 and then over half is like, over half that number is like, or seventeen. That I don't know what I'm trying to say. I think it's a lot of people. Too many, too yeah. many instances of people thinking it's the Jews. Considering, <laughs> I think like there's always going to be conspiracy theories, and I'm not saying that you know people be should weird? be racist at China, but if the people who think it was the Jews were all Jewish people, maybe it is. Maybe that's a real conspiracy. I think it was my cousin. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I got totally sidetracked. So then. The next ones are population control. Dr. Anthony Fauci just just says Dr. Anthony Fauci. No further explanation. And then pandemic is only 7,000. And then bat soup is 6,000. Mm. Bat soup. Being like the meat market. Yeah. People eat bats kind of. Isn't that like the leading origin theory that it came from like a wet market? Yeah, that's what I had heard too, or pangolins. Like from... Yeah, just people eating bush meat. I don't think we can ever like fully trace it. I yeah. think it's more just like meat markets are not a good, it's not a great environment because there's germs from the animals and the fresh kills and stuff and the people all mixing together. Yep. 
That's how a lot of diseases get around. So yeah. a lot of chicken pox. I think it was also hypothesized that maybe pigs would have been a good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think there was like a couple different, but they're like theories. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My money's on Bill Gates coughing on people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so since this is on here as misinformation, I'm assuming it has been proven that it didn't come from bats. So we can stop blaming the bats, everybody. Mm-hmm. We should always stop blaming the bats. Bats are so good and so cute. Mm-hmm. Same with Jewish people. And like people always bitch. <laughs> They're so good. Don't hate on bats. Don't hate on Jewish people. They're so cute. <laughs> don't hate on Fauci. I did watch the Fauci documentary. Oh, nice. He's, he's good an, and cute too. He's interesting though. He started with the AIDS epidemic and mm-hmm. is finishing on COVID. That's, those are some wild bookmark or like bookends. He's like one of the uh, people that you send a helicopter for when you need uh, an extraordinary situation dealt with. No one ever sends a helicopter for me. Well, sorry to let you know. That hurt my feelings, Chris. (laughs) So yeah, that's that chart. There was a lot of charts in this. Do you like my descriptions of charts? Well done. I like your description of charts. Mm -hmm. I'm sneakily reading the next slides. Oh, yeah, and then they talked about, um, like, scientific evidence versus anecdotal. That plays a lot into, like, how you get news from your friend and family. So, like, one of my friends won't get vaccinated because her cousin got the vaccine and then had a seizure. So it's not based on any science. It's based on one, like, random person, unfortunately, having a seizure that may or may not be Mm -hmm. related to the vaccine. And it could be. Like, I think the best quote I ever heard was actually, um, it was from a doctor on, on the Joe Rogan podcast, and he was kind of pushing her about trying to get her to say, like, all the bad side effects and things about the vaccines, and all, all these instances of people reacting badly and young people getting the, the heart thing, and then she just says, if you give 100,000 people a peanut, someone's going to die, and that just really, like, stuck with me when you're talking about mitigating risk and, like... Mm-hmm. I, oh, it's such a good little quote to have in your pocket. And just write it down and put it away. Pull it out when you need it. Death peanut. Death peanut. And those anecdotes are tricky, too. Yeah, because I didn't want to be like, I don't care that your cousin had a seizure. Because there's like a lot of things that people tell you that you just accept in face value because it just sounds reasonable. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it might be true. It might be not. But, I mean, there's those anecdotes. Like, sometimes people just tell you things and you just don't have the energy to follow up on everything you should follow up on some things another thing though that he was saying this is like why i just think all hope is lost for some people is that so people that get their news from youtube i think they have like a much higher chance of being misinformed youtube was like the number one offender for Mm -hmm. being misinformed if that's where you get your news from but i get my news from youtube Monday through Thursday at the Philip DeFranco show. And I like to think I'm pretty well informed, so. Sorry to tell you. Nope, I know. I'm up to date YouTube on YouTube is that. a wellspring of misinformation. Philip DeFranco show is good. And it's about as much news as I can handle. 20 minutes, Monday to Thursday. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Philip. The other thing, though, uh, in the conversation of that topic where, like, so maybe her cousin did have a seizure after getting the vaccination. It doesn't necessarily mean the two things are related. But even if they are, like, the chances that she's going to get a seizure are so... And, like, everyone should be... Your cousin had a... Okay, if you are saying that, like, you know, he had this negative reaction from getting the vaccine, I don't know, at least he's still doing his part. If you die, you cannot spread the virus. 
You're doing your part. Isn't that not true of Ebola, though? I think you can get Ebola from dead people. Can you? Just don't put them in your mouth. I don't know. Maybe it's not Ebola. Maybe it's something else. Or maybe it's that Ebola kills you really fast. It's not Mm. as good a virus. Black plague. You need to be careful of uh, Mm -hmm. human remains. Yeah, you can still get the black plague from human remains. That's why they burn it, right? They burn people. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. So he said that a lot of misinformation is coming from social media. It's coming from your family. I'm waiting for the answer. Coming from the news. It's coming from newspapers. Who can you turn to? Nobody. Information. Everyone will betray you. He said, like, scientists and stuff. I feel like this is misinformation. He was like, look for, like, peer-reviewed studies. Like, all the stuff that we already know to do. Reliable sources or multiple reliable sources repeating the same information. Has the information been peer-reviewed? Like, how old are the studies? That's basically Mm -hmm. it. So, to my point, just make people educate themselves. Yeah. Don't be a rabbit. Or I just say more like reliable news sources. Because, like, have you ever gone and tried to read a scientific study? Sometimes. They're so fucking boring. I mean, yeah, they're boring. They're also long. They're so long. Yeah. And, like, I'm not a scientist. So I don't think it's a good idea necessarily for people to be going. Like, maybe read the abstract if you want. But I don't think it's a great idea for people that don't have a scientific background to go and read these long long boring studies find one little thing and then twist it and then you know what i mean Mm. so i think our media definitely gets it wrong sometimes but you need mediaries that know how to communicate scientific information to the public because the public aren't scientists we need more Mm -hmm. bill nyes exactly we literally and like neil degrasse tyson yeah yeah um, I think the the mon- the only like new like argument fodder that I got for I'm probably not even gonna have arguments because I'm tired and I don't want to fight with people or talk to them or leave my house. But he brought up a really interesting point about a false balance, and this is like where he was talking about Joe Rogan and like this idea that open-minded people will give equal weight to any opinion is like that's giving it false balance, and that's when you go, oh, I'll listen to someone talk about ivermectin like my friend is trying to send me a bunch of videos on ivermectin right now and if you give that the same weight as something like taking the pfizer vaccine like you're creating a sense of false balance and that the two are like equal points and they're not because mm. one is based on solid peer-reviewed science and process and one isn't so when you are a bill nye type or someone that's communicating science to the public and you give like the same time and space to ridiculous shit and to valid scientific things, you're creating a sense of false balance. Mm-hmm. So you're saying you can trust your government. You can trust other governments. I don't think he said you can trust other governments or even your own government. But he's just saying give give like the appropriate weight to things. Not necessarily from your government, but like, I mean, and this is hard because it involves knowing more about the scientific method and scientific processes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But knowing like that this way that we do... That we create vaccines going all the way back to what we know about immunity from variolation is very different than drinking horse medicine. Or I don't know. Do you drink it? Or I don't know how you take ivermectin. <laughs> I think you rub it on your belly. I would never rub a horse's belly. That's no, you gross. rub ivermectin on your belly. I don't want to do that either. How? How does that help? I don't know. I just made it's it It's not up. a topical. I think I you're making that up. I was disinforming. You're disinforming. You little bastard. But yeah, so that way he went on a whole rant about Joe Rogan and like you can't like keep giving garbage opinions the same weight by saying that you're going to 
bring in a couple more doctors because you you run the risk of and like he also said that if he was asked he wouldn't go on the Joe Rogan show because when you have credible people going on that show then you're giving weight to it that it's a legitimate source where smart people go Mm -hmm. to discuss things I don't think that is really a fair opinion because Joe Rogan has had Alex Jones on his show that's a wild episode too I love that episode yeah and so you can't really say that his podcast is a place of information and news because he's has these like insane people on there yeah and like his whole thing is he'll talk to anyone which is fine but like Joe Rogan is saying he's gonna bring more people on to balance it out and so Tim Mm. Tim Caulfield's point is that don't create the sense of false balance. If you want to be like a person that talks to crazy people that don't believe the Sandy Hook massacre is real, then like uh. be open about what you're doing. Don't pretend that you're just get, you're getting the facts and you're looking at all the sources because some sources are garbage. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the point. That's the point I want you to take home and put in your little, put it under your pillow. And so how do you figure out who is the proper source? If Snowden gave them information, you can trust them. <laughs> New York Times, Washington Post, Guardian. And so how qualified are you to tell me? I am. See how deep this goes? Can we believe anything? Is anything real? No, this is the Matrix. <laughs> Welcome. Oh, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Welcome. I thought we had to worry about things. We do have to worry about things. I think I'm trying to find. I thought I had a picture to answer your question about who you can trust. Oh, another interesting thing was um, the there was a study that showed the political affiliation drove the use of ivermectin. So you were like twice as likely to use ivermectin if you voted for Trump in the States, mm-hmm. hmm. which is why we shouldn't politicize things. What was your question? I forgot. You're asking me, like, who, who can we trust? Was that it? Mm-hmm. How do you determine who is a proper source? Okay, well, I don't exactly... Ever, everyone's going to tell you they know the real deal. I yeah. do know the real deal. I don't exactly have the answer to that, but this is what I was looking for. So these are his tips for effective debunking. Provide the science. Yes, this works. Number two is use clear and shareable content. Number three was... Refer to trustworthy and independent sources. That's what I said. Yeah. So the New York Who Times. The New York Times, they? Washington Post, The Guardian. <laughs> they're good enough for Snowden. They're good enough for you. I um, suppose. But they're American. They are. What a good Canadian. Is The Guardian American? I don't know who The Guardian is. I think they might be British. I was going to say CBC is usually pretty. That's true. Yeah. CBC is great podcast. Yes. <laughs> amazing podcast they also are very good at giving the news and philip defranco is very good at giving you the news mm-hmm. um if possible note scientific consensus and that science evolves so that's like another important thing like like when the masks first came out and they said oh, i don't know if we should make people wear a mask it's like the science evolved on that because it became more worth it like to wear masks versus the risk of people not wearing a mask properly, which people always forget about. Yep. When the early science was saying don't wear masks, it was because you touch your face a billion times a day and you're not going to wear it the way that a surgeon wears it. People like forget that part. And then they're like, oh, they said we shouldn't wear masks. I know we should. I know we should. And what's going on? Shut the fuck up and listen is what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. That was big mask. They moved in. Big they mask. They changed the narrative. 
Um, we have masks already, so we were fine. I'm a part of Big Mask. I bet you are. My company that I work for sells masks. Mm-hmm. And then number five, which I don't want to do, is be nice, authentic, empathetic, and humble. Number six was consider a narrative. Creativity wins. So that just goes back to like. So wait. Like so we were saying what how did you need... say consider a narrative. Yeah, consider a narrative. Creativity wins, it says. What does that mean? Consider a narrative. I forget. <laughs> I forget what it means. Mm. I think he was talking about like make it just like in a way that is like understandable, like having a Bill Nye type person mm. to like say the science. You need um like scientific representatives that can explain it to the plebs. And then highlight gaps in logic and rhetorical tricks, right? So that's being like, you know, what's the motive for injecting you full of microchips when we're in a microchip shortage? What, you know, does that accomplish? Where is the... But they're saying that the microchip shortage is because they use it all up for the vaccines. It's because of cars. (laughs) It's literally the car industry just like fucked all of us. Because they made less cars because they thought people weren't going to go anywhere because it was a pandemic. But then people started getting that like support money. And um, a lot of people upgraded their cars and they just fucked the supply chain and we're never going to recover. And it makes my day job really miserable. Next one is like make the facts the hook. So don't just call people stupid and make (laughs) them feel bad. You have to make the interesting thing needs to be the fact. Like, hey, did you know that hydrochloroquine is for fish and not for you? I think it's like a tank cleaner, right? I think it's in a tank cleaner. Oh, it's cleaner. in a tank cleaner. My apologies. I forget where it came from. Me too. I didn't use it. I didn't rub it on my belly. I didn't put it in a fish tank, so. And where are your fish now? <laughs> don't worry about where my fish are. I don't have any fish, but did you know that some fish are racist? That's for another episode. Um, and then the last one is, remember the general public is the audience, not the hardcore denier. Which is like, don't be super mad because you talk to the creationist guy and don't treat everyone like him most people are normal hmm. is what he's saying mm-hmm. so that's how you do it that's how you combat misinformation what if an uncredible source tells you they're a credible source would snowden trust them <laughs> i don't know you have to have you have to just find your own measures for things in, in this world the finding your own measures is part of the problem <laughs> People are finding people who they think they can trust, and they're being like, yeah, 100%. Gwyneth Paltrow knows about alkali and water. And gloop. What is mm-hmm. it? She makes gloop? Yeah. Goop. So, like, people are finding their own sources, and there needs to be a way to vet them a little bit better. But that's where it goes back to, like, basically everyone just needs a science degree. That's the real problem. But you don't have a science degree. But I watch Philip DeFranco. More science. Who also doesn't have class. a science degree. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm not dumb. Like, this is why I can't engage with it. I don't know what to fucking tell you. And also, I'm just sick of hearing that we're in a trip shortage because of the vaccine. Like, mm-hmm. you can make so much money putting microchips in things and selling them to people. You make no money when you put the microchips in people. But then the people become the product. Mm-hmm. Whatever. <laughs> You're so annoying. It's like how they gave everyone Facebook for free, and then they're stealing all your info. Yeah. I'm in too deep to Facebook, honestly, so. Here's a question for both of you. How much of questioning what you hear in the regards to misinformation do you think comes from the fact that we were all raised in the Catholic school system? I don't know. I think that's sort of a point against us. It sounds like you're insinuating 
insinuating Catholicism was a vaccine for <laughs> misinformation. I mean, kind of, like, at least from... But only if you reject your faith. If you're a devoutly Catholic, you're probably not as likely to question, I would think. Yes, I would imagine. Like, it's one of those things that, like, I don't know. They they usually tout the people that fall from misinformation as being less educated. But I don't think that's necessarily the sense. No, I think you can be. I mean, I say dumb and people are dumb and like whatever. But I think you can be educated and yeah. still fall for schemes and stuff. That's why so many smart people are in cults. Yep. But I also think that like money is just a big motivator. Like, why do you think the number one thing for misinformation was mir- miracle cures? Like... I just think money is probably the top motivator for mm-hmm. a lot of misinformation, followed by hate mm-hmm. based on how many people want to blame China and Jews. But do you think that the bleach companies were the ones that made the conspiracy theory about injecting bleach <laughs> curing COVID? Clorox is like, Wasn't we're going to make so much <laughs> yeah. money. But I think that was like started by like Donald Trump making a joke, wasn't it? So. It wasn't like, uh, yeah. it wasn't the same as like people scrambling for the hydrochloroquine or whatever there is an explanation for why he said it he said it as a joke with no context so everyone so he just sounded crazy to everyone Mm -hmm. did anyone seriously say that you should if you google it you can find the context of what they're talking about he kind of like short he mismatched yeah he just sort of mushed up what he heard and then spouted it out as saying we just inject bleach but Somebody told him something that was rational, and then he said it as a joke, mm-hmm. what he said, and it just sounded crazy because no one knew where he was coming from. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He wasn't reading the audience. And did anyone inject bleach? Yes. That's sad. Yeah. yeah. Don't inject bleach. Where did they get the needles from? I don't understand how people get all this crazy shit done. Like, I never knew where to get ivermectin from or any of that. Like, wouldn't you need to know a vet? It's the states. You can get just about anything from That's anywhere. Wild. Yeah. Like, I don't even know where to get a syringe from. I think you can buy syringes from a pharmacy. Oh, I don't know. Because uh, diabetes medication, some of it's injectable. Like, I know they've got the but 10 just... auto injectors, but I think you can still buy syringes from... Oh. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Those heroin addicts are getting their <laughs> syringes from <laughs> somewhere. somewhere. That's true. Well, oh, yeah, we have, like, clean needle things. Probably AliExpress. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just have an exchange here. Yeah. Yeah, you just... They give you clean needles. So, I guess you could just go there and be like, I'm addicted to heroin. Oh. And they would give you clean needles, but they won't give you the heroin. Yeah. So, you just go to, like, a public park from downtown first thing in the morning pick up your needles and then head over and then get them exchanged yeah because those people should be exchanging their own needles but sometimes they leave them in parks and that's mm-hmm. why we need more safe injection sites mm-hmm. and needle exchanges mm-hmm. so yeah that's what i learned about misinformation and so it was all pretty much predominantly about covid by the sounds of things it wasn't just misinformation in general yeah no it was just covid mm-hmm. so i didn't get to learn about pizzagate didn't learn about Pizzagate. No, mm. but I watched a documentary on it. So in terms of finding a good source for science, and Cheryl, you're our resident scientist. Who? What do you think is a good way to suss out proper information? Or I guess on the flip side, how can you automatically kind of tell somebody is um, maybe making things up? I mean, at least for me, because... Because here's the thing. 
I don't think that my sources are going to be the same sources that everyone else is going to want to use, but I typically lean towards organizations that, so for instance, if I'm going to look up what causes cancer, I'm going to go to cancer.org because their entire company is based on, or their entire website is based on research about cancer. I'm not going to go to random WebMD that says everything causes cancer. <laughs> I'm going to go to like the people who specifically work with cancer to get my information. If I'm looking for stuff science-wise, you know, when it comes to anything else, like I'm going to track down the people who actually work with it. So even though like even though you can go to like the news and get information from them, like we mentioned before, like they get information from other people. So sometimes it's wrong. Sometimes it's not completely there. Sometimes it's misconstrued, all that sort. Mm -hmm. And so by going to the people who directly are working with whatever it is, you're more likely to get the most up-to-date and most valid information. I think that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Especially with the news. Like, like a lot of the times lately, they're just leading with headlines or they just sort of jump to the most exciting part of the news. I think one of the more famous examples is like every few years, scientists have figured out a cure for cancer, mm -hmm. and it turns out they maybe stopped cancer in one mouse in a trial run at some point yeah. and saw promise there. Yeah, and even one problem that I noticed that was huge during the pandemic is people would read the headline and get outraged and then not read the whole article. So they're reading just the tagline to try rope you in and then thinking that whatever's being reported in that headline is the news and then it's like no wait did you read the whole article yeah lots of it's very clickbaity yeah and so like should you really be getting your information from that yeah cheryl does bring up uh, a good point kind of use your sources your sources of information should be people and deal specifically in that information don't go to a goat it. for cow's milk it's true mm -hmm. don't watch a youtube video because you're just watching a career youtuber mm -hmm. most of the time unless it's mark rober he's an engineer so he could talk about engineer things mm -hmm. no he can't yeah he can <laughs> he's a youtuber he's not human he worked for nasa have you worked for nasa does he work for nasa now my cousin works for nasa Everybody works for NASA. <laughs> I technically worked for NASA. No, you didn't. Some designs I made are being sold in NASA stores now. Oh, whatever. You're welcome. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. But yeah, definitely like vet your sources. Mm -hmm. Don't get it from Alex Jones. Don't get it from Joe Rogan. Don't get it from some guy on e CNN with crazy hair and a fake spray tan. You know, get it from, get your science information from scientists. How do you go talk to the experts, though? Can you just go to your nearest university and kick down their door? I mean, you can always send an email. You work at a university. Have you even tried? All I do is try and dodge professors. Are you kidding me? Every time they see me, they're like, word doesn't work. <laughs> I fucking army crawl away from those guys as fast as I can. Well, then contact a different university. Most instructors, if you send an email and you're like, hey, I have a question about this. I hear you're an expert in this field. They'll respond. What if I ask them questions in such a way as to like, if I just tried to like get their entire course that they taught so I could earn a degree? You can't earn a degree without getting credits and you can't get credits without being enrolled in a university. 
But I could like just learn their whole course if I just ask them questions. Okay, yes, you could, but then you're not getting a degree. But you would know that whole course. Mm-hmm. Would you? You could say it. You can just not go and say that you absorbed all that knowledge mm-hmm. without ever going and paying for school. You, I would know. You could go to Coursera and take a free course, and a lot of those could be converted to credits if you want them to, and if you don't, then they're free. Yeah, I think we've learned a lot about misinformation this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I told you good things. Check your sources and uh, make sure that you're getting the right sources. Mm-hmm. Don't just pick a random source. Mm. Make sure they are a smart source. Don't go to a goat for cow's milk. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And uh, in terms of just conspiracy theories, just often think about what is the most boring explanation for what's going on. That's probably what's going on. Yeah, all the time. Not globalists. Yeah. Miracle cures aren't going to miracle cure. And as far as like microchips and like having a chip shortage because of wanting to inject them to people, there's a really good quote that's basically just like, never assume malice when incompetence will explain the situation, mm-hmm. which is what happened. <laughs> and now some of us have terrible day jobs because of it. So that wraps up today's episode on misinformation. You didn't ask me if I would recommend this to a friend. Sydney, do you recommend this program to a friend? Yeah. Would you like to name those specific friends right now? No, I don't have no friends. <laughs> you are disinforming us. I am disinforming. I will maybe um, <laughs> privately suggest to some of my friends that should take it. I don't know if it's on again, though. It's like part of a lecture series. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Is there any uh, feedback you'd give to Timothy Caulfield yourself on his presentation? No. No? He had good hair, though. He had good hair, Tim. He had good hair, Tim. So even though you don't advocate for sympathy for people who fall for misinformation. We could, like, maybe some sympathy, but you can only have so much sympathy. And it's okay to just be annoyed with people. You still wouldn't tell Tim to change a thing in his presentation. I think it was a good presentation. Well, on that note, here's where we'll end today's very special episode of the I Went Outside Today podcast. This is uh, one of your hosts, Chris, signing off. Cheryl signing off. And I'm Sydney. I did the thing. Goodbye, turkey. Thanks for listening to today's very special episode of the I Went Outside Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, spread the joy and share us with your friends or leave a review. If you really enjoy our podcast and you want to support us in doing more episodes, consider donating to our Patreon or leave us suggestions in the comment section on our website or social media. Or you can email us at IWentOutsidePod at gmail.com. And make sure you follow us on our social medias. We got Twitter. We got Facebook. We don't got Snapchat because that's for creeps. We don't have Twitter. We don't have Twitter. <laughs> Facebook and Instagram. We got Facebook, Insta. Oh, fuck. Okay. We're not going to do it again. It's not going to be as good. Why don't we have Twitter? <laughs> we got Facebook. We got Instagram. And you can see all our photos and adventures that don't get turned into episodes because every day of our life is an adventure.
Bye.